Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. Sound playing for the as a as a, as a way to end somebody. Somebody has to take care of Mike. <laughs> yeah, that, that does sound like a thing Mike would do. That's fair. Hey man, we need a new intro. What? That thing is old. No, I look my best. I, I yeah, feel, that's because it was ten years ago. Yeah, it's only it's downhill from here. I, I, Dan, I think we keep it. What do you I, think? I, I love it. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I look like a baby. <laughs> yeah, your fallibilities don't cast on everyone else. <laughs> We need to. Pr- pr- uh, All right, fine. We need to cast you out of. Uh, I look like Butterbean. Sin may in not that photo. remain in the cap. I look like Butterbean. Oh, and you don't? You're not for that? No, he had, he had a successful life. Yeah, I'm not following in the footsteps of Butterbean. I don't know. Nor Uncle is. Fester, which is also a thing I looked like. Okay, rough I, times. I was okay. All right, you're listening live from the path. Oh wait, hey, okay. I'm going to introduce the show, and then before we move on to important topics, I, I want you to think about like what is the most. Uh, flattering and then unflattering uh, comparison someone has said, hey, you look like this. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Just oh, something no. to put the thought on. Michael, you got to think on it, too. Okay. Okay. I got it. Uh, so here's what we got going on uh, Live from the Path. We have, first of all, Micah or Empty uh, Smith, also uh, known as Micah Smith, is in the studio with us. And he's going to talk about, he's got a new single out. Now, hold on. You've met him before. Yes. He was here. Buva, do you remember? Years ago. Okay. Buva thinks about him all the time. Uh, you can he, take that however you want to. I, you, you do you. <laughs> Whatever way you want to take that. Good. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Mike has been here before when we had the August Guns in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I saw he had a new single out. I took uh, I took a listen to the cut and said, holy cats, we got to have him in here to talk about his tune and uh, catch up and see how things are going. So, we're going we're gonna to learn, we're going to hear the tune, we're going to hear about uh, what's been going on and, uh, and how you can kind of keep up with whatever uh, uh, Mike is doing. And so we're going to do that. Nice. We also we also have uh, Buva has run into uh, a very fiery uh, Apostle John. Yes, uh, about Judas. Yes, okay. I, I, I so I, I've been reading um, my Bible every day now for like eight months, and I'm almost through the whole thing. It's awesome, uh, and I'm really excited about that. It's the first time I've re- went through the whole thing and like pumped about it. Yep. But uh, I, I read Gospels like rapid fire. Like I was doing five to six chapters a day plus a chapter of Psalms every single day. So like Matthew, Mark, Luke were like all within about two week period, two and a half week period. Right. Yep. And they they are very similar and play off of each other very well. There's a lot of uh, of, of thematic things that are in there that, are, that make sense. And for, content crossover. Yes. Right. Exactly. Sure, yep. Right. But then John just I mean, it just throws a wrench in the whole thing. Like just straight up. Now I'm not saying it's it's like counterintuitive towards each other, but like it's just a different type of book, and it threw me off. And there's a lot of stuff that I've just been. I've really had to take a step back and go, wait, what? Yeah. Did I know that at all? Did I believe that? Do I believe that? And what does that mean for me going forward? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that I've been I've been wrestling with is in in John 17. There's a um, a high priestly prayer that comes from Jesus, and he's talking uh, to the Father about um, the apostles around him, right? And like there's a it's a it's a, a 
very interesting prayer that like sometimes is kind of difficult to follow along with admittedly of like they came I came from you and you gave them to me and now that I was given them by you to me and like all this different stuff I'm just like okay but then there's a moment where he says like and I I I essentially gave them you ex- all of them except for the one who is the son of destruction so that uh the scriptures will be fulfilled yeah, yeah, yeah. and so I'm just like wait a minute is that is that that seems like a Judas? Uh-huh. Like if I'm thinking of the list, yeah, it's Judas, right? Yeah. And so if that's the situation, like did Jesus specifically not cover Judas in like a, a lordly protection so that he could be tempted by the enemy yeah. in a way that it fulfills the scripture? And if so, was like it was Judas like I mean destined, if you want to call it, uh-huh. to be uh-huh. the adversary in this situation so that God could fulfill his redemptive story. And if that's the situation, what does that mean for like my overarching understanding of like we all have the opportunity to yeah. to to find Christ and therefore find eternity? Okay. And so I I've really been kind of slamming with that. Well, yeah. What do you do with Judas? That's the uh, that's the key right. question. Yes. From from John's perspective. Okay. Good. We'll hit that up uh, in the. Uh, sounds like a bit like an ask the pastor. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Situation. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, there is a uh, a scoured. I tell you this. Uh, uh, Christian media is not interesting. Oh, really? It's getting worse and worse. <laughs> How many pastors do, the same did a thing, and then here's the Hamas, and here's the something else? Uh, but there was a beliefnet.com has come out oh, with uh, five five sins that aren't sins. I said, oh boy, oh, come oh, on, oh man. boy, I've, I've surely committed some of these. Well, that means we get to have some fun. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna hit that one up, and we'll just see. Five ways to tell whether or not your husband loves Jesus based on the apps on his phone. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I can't stand how that. Many, okay. d- d- how many whole grains are in his bread? <laughs> are you eating the Ezekiel 7-9 bread? If not, you're not holy. That's right. He's not He's not even an Anglican. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll hit those, and then we're going to do some uh, advice on dear life in the path. Did you check if we got any previews? Uh, no previews yet, because the one that I did read up, I was wrong on the title, and I thought some lady was ranking her children. But apparently it just meant that she was ranking her children above her boyfriend. Oh, that sounds funner, the, rank, the ranking of the children. <laughs> I don't do that personally, kids. I mean, at least not out loud to you. Um, I feel like yeah, I, everybody does. Like, there's no way. Maybe it's not like forever, but like, is there not a situation where you go, you're my favorite today? Oh, yeah. Everybody's the number one. It just depends the scale. It depends what I'm evaluating <laughs> at any given time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair I, enough. I, I, guess, say, I have never, ever, ever, ever done that. Yeah. Dan uh, says they're all, they're both, they're both just, great. Just yeah. number ones. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Everybody's the best. Everybody's the best. It's probably because Dan's the best. The fallibility I mean, is on a parent who would rank their kids. Me. I figure the apple goes <laughs> into a fall far from the tree. They've yeah. got to be all right. <laughs> that tree sure is great. Look at those apples. <laughs> good, good tree produces good fruit. <laughs> kids the best. Be awesome. there, is a, there is a self-confidence to that that I don't know if I've ever felt, and I love that for you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, what, did you have any, uh, have you thought of any comparisons? Anybody said, hey, man, you look like this. And you were like, at, at one point, flattered, and the other point, you're like, nah, I wish they wouldn't have said that. Okay, I'll do mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody said once that I look like a young Matthew, Matthew Broderick. That's a lie. From the Ferris Bueller. No, I don't look like Matthew Broderick at all. I don't know why they said that. And this was not a person, uh, I was working at a Casey's when I was like uh, 19 years old. And it was said by a 50-year-old woman. Oh, boy. Oh. And, uh, so it was sincere. I, I thought, like, she wasn't trying <laughs> to date me sincere. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so... Uh, yeah, right. Like, there's no, there's no like, upside for her to be comparing you to a Matthew Broderick. Yeah, unless she was desperate. 
Unless she'd been. I don't want to get into that room. I don't want to know. Yes. Okay. So anyway, that was probably that was probably the most um, complimentary flattering comparison that I had. <laughs> the other I, the other guy, they said someone mentioned I look like Clint Howard. <laughs> Do you want to talk oh, about yeah, yeah. From the uh, he's, Ron's I mean, brother. Yeah, Ron's brother, Clint. Uh, I mean, he's not a flattering. The lesser known Howard. He's not a flattering man. He's in the horror stor- stories usually. Yes, usually <laughs> he's wearing some sort of uh, teeth. <laughs> um, yeah, th- that's that, fantastic. That one, I, I love that. I don't think was a compliment, but is closer to my actual visage. <laughs> the non-complimentary one was the most truthful one. Yeah, I said, well, you know, that's not far off actually, and he does well. <laughs> and so I said, thank you anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, all right, that's I, awesome. I don't know, Dan. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, when I was in college, uh, the Rambo movies were coming out, like the original one. And don't you say it? I, I, if you I, say I it, they they did. They kept saying you 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 remind me of Rambo, and I'm like, I I look <laughs> nothing like Rambo. I mean, there's nothing. My hair is longer. You're a dead ringer for sliced alone, huh? I, I know. I, I was like that. Yeah, that that was hilarious. <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, in that same time period, uh, there were some who said I looked like Bentley on the Jeffersons, <laughs> or Shaggy on Scooby Doo. <laughs> So okay. those three okay. make that. Oh boy, know. that's yeah. a human being. Squish <laughs> yeah. all that together to make a sandwich. And they were all accurate, except for the Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I want to be supportive, Dan, but I just I, that Rambo seems a, <laughs> it seems a stretch. <laughs> I, I think I think the gal maybe had something for me. Okay, that, that's pot. Yeah, you know, I didn't admit it to myself. You but, remind uh, me of First Blood. You could, could like, you, you glamoured her for sure. I know, like, <laughs> for sure. I don't know where you're getting this, but, but I'll take it. And I'll yeah, walk a little. Right, exactly. It's like, why? Thank you. I mean, I agree. Anyway, I, I Dan, think I'm more like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But <laughs> Dambo's here. <laughs> okay. Move <laughs> Oh no. Okay. Um. So uh, the the worst thing I've been called actually it, it it like it changes because it really is insert obese comedian here mm. and that's what I get like for some reason people I don't know if they like they're like he's a big guy and he's funny call Chris Farley like well, I look nothing like Chris Farley you're just right. going well he's fat and funny so maybe that yeah. makes sense right so they're not really gotten, trying just, I, right exactly yeah. yeah no they're not even really doing any work for like actually trying to make this work for me Chris Farley yeah. I've gotten uh, Andy Milanakis which was a, a fat guy on YouTube for a while <laughs> and like well same you know, yeah. and, and so like it, it really is. The worst ones are like, hey, you remind me of X fat and fun. I got John Candy one time. Someone said I look like no, John Candy. I'm like, no, I look nothing like nothing. John Candy. You're really just equating obesity and funny and then going, that seems like a human being I can do remember. Think, uh, do you think that people. <laughs> OK, I don't know how to ask this. right. I'm, I'm super excited to hear this question. <laughs> I don't know how to ask it. Right. I just I know it's going to go great. Do you feel like people. Like they just can't help mentioning, like as, as oh yeah, like they have to go. Oh, elephant in the room! It has to yeah, be a right. large yes. person. Yep, Absolutely. they just can't. You look just like Fat Albert, <laughs> right? right. Uh, yeah, you look like Gabriel uh, Iglesias, the Hispanic man. Huh? Yeah. I, I, a very Germanic-looking fellow with a yeah. long red beard, look like Gabriel Iglesias. Okay, got it. Like they feel like I could see someone going, feel like they're trying too hard to avoid picking someone right. who's who's uh, who's larger because they don't want it they feel like it might be sensitive so they pick something that doesn't work at all right, exactly. or they go you right like, for it you look like john candy like, that's the stupidest <laughs> thing i've ever heard okay. okay uh the positive one i've gotten is i look like luke combs who is a country singer oh, i yeah. i've, I've yeah. been mistaken for luke combs before like in person not just like people have said that. yeah that one actually yeah. makes sense and okay. so like i've gotten to the point where uh when working at a bar um 
on Halloween, I convinced a couple of people that I was Luke Combs in a security outfit <laughs> yeah. about to do a show. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, I went out on stage with a guitar, and they freaked out, thinking that they were the only ones that knew that I was about to give a live performance as Luke Combs at a bar in Des Moines. And then I just laughed my butt off at them. Like, no, you're idiots. No, I'm not Luke Combs. And I set the guitar back down and walked off the stage. They were all very angry. But I get Luke Combs quite often. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I could see that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Which I find flattering. All right. Micah? All right, so mine is a uh, bit of a strange one because they are both the same person. So when, <laughs> all right, Dan, are you rocking a Rambo? No, yeah, <laughs> I, you look like Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Um. So when I shave, I look exactly like Eddie Redmayne, the guy from Fantastic oh, yeah. Beasts and Where to Find yes! Them. Like okay. it's freaky. Yeah, um, I totally see that. So you yeah. agree with that one? So yeah, and yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, that works. So but if, someone he, li- if you lit your clothes on fire and no one would help, they'd think like, yeah. Yeah, he's a, you're a blizzard, Harry. It's fine. No, um, <laughs> but he has a movie called The Danish Girl in which he is a transitioning Danish man to woman. Uh-huh. And so now oh I know boy. what I would look like if I had a red wig and put on <laughs> lipstick. So oh, that's gosh. my... That's that, fantastic. That's, yeah, yeah, but like, no, it's Beast the likeness is scary. Yeah, so okay. just go ahead and Google that and be, <laughs> okay. be afraid. T- not the second one, but yeah. the first one I can totally see. Like no, that makes plenty of sense. It's true. Like you, I, my friend Sam showed me, and I was like, wow, wow, wow. Hot, okay. hot day. That's, yeah. yeah, that's that's now, me right there. I, I had people but, at my, a conference last week saying I, I sound just like Tucker Carlson, which I don't think I sound like him. Either. Oh, like you're just your voice, like Tucker my Carlson. Voice. Yeah, huh. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't see it's, that either. Definitely to you not for many years, and I don't know if I would say it. I've never. Yeah, I don't. I'm because because really, no one tells you that. I'm like, you're the first one. And <laughs> Weird. He's, he's done it multiple so much times. so that it's like it's a dead ringer. You absolutely <laughs> sound like. Yeah. It. No. Interesting. Now, okay. Now, interestingly, over the last two weeks, I've also come to the realization that I look like about sixty percent of any men that work in an office building that are over forty. <laughs> oh. There is a. There is a percentage of similarity. Yeah, I keep yeah. like I keep getting You're on not wrong. phone calls. I'm like, okay, well, that guy look, looks like me, really. Bald head, black glasses. Yeah, okay, that's us, white fella. <laughs> like, there's a demographic, Ben. You're a part of and it. And it's funny because, like, you know, there's nuances when it's, you know, humans on video, but people are, they'll do the avatars. Right. And, like, there's eight people on the call, and they all look like the same avatars. Avatars <laughs> look the same. Because the AI looks at them and goes, okay, yeah, white guy, mostly bald, uh, big black glasses. In a Sims world, you are a very stock character. Yes, right. I, I am, um, I'm the guy, uh, I'm the guy on the Guess Who board. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Think, think of the Guess Who board. Is it bald? Hold okay, on. flip, 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 flip. Okay. Now, if you can see on the YouTube, look at me. I look oh, like the horrifying. guy from the Guess Who yes. game. Yes. Yep. I would say bald in glasses and then immediately guess you. Yep. Okay. All right. Anyway, hey, uh, if you hit us up on the complaint line. Uh, first of all, I want you to Google that uh, Eddie Redmayne thing. Let's validate uh, whether whether Micah fits the bill. And then let us know if you think Ben is an NPC. Uh, yes, I could be. I could be. I think so, too. So, yeah, what are your thoughts? Or And, and actually, interesting, for you people who listen to the podcast, has um, uh, I'm interested in voice, actually. Is there something about uh, Buva's voice or whatever you like? He kind of sounds like a young Tom Brokaw who's had a couple Bacardi breezers. Or that is a very specific sound, and I'm so glad you recognized that. That's what I was. Going I'm just for. Throw, I'm throwing up a couple options. Like it just, I, yeah. I had a, I had a vocal coach that was like, "This is you. This Tom, is what you're going." Is for. that you? Tom with a couple <laughs> Bacardis. One sheet to the wind. <laughs> okay. Too many Bacardis to party, Tom. Tom Brokaw. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, the, the, you're welcome for that reintroduction to hear it live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us so far. You can don't bail yet. 
wait. Uh, uh, Mike has got some stuff to perform, then and then, then I think you could then call it, you could call it a day. Uh, so actually, let's before we get into some of the details of um, of the new cut from Empty Smith, let's hear it. Okay, so what we're going to listen to uh, the, the single is "Are You There." And it is uh, it's this week, right? Is it just released this week? Uh, it released on Friday. Okay. Okay. Fresh. It's out. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It is a pancake off the griddle. Yeah, he said yes. You disagreed. He was on I board. Just, I don't know if he, I, I, I think he was being polite. I, 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 <laughs> that also seems fair. That's what okay. Eddie Redmayne does. Okay. He's just let's, a very let's, let's dig on the tune, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll learn more about him. Uh, this is Are You There by Empty Smith. You're listening to Live from the Path. Almighty 
Can I go to find you? To east or west, you are not there. To north and south, I catch no glimpse of you. Are you there? Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Dang. yeah, sweet. That was great. That was awesome. Yeah, I we said this on on I think the show last week when well, or last week or week before when when Arendelle was on and I it, it makes sense to me now even more that like a lot of the times when I hear a song like that it is powerful because it's the words that I think but don't know what to say mm. and like that's that's super indicative of that one right there like that's a that's a very familiar feeling and a familiar place to be in but not one that i would ever articulate like that and i think that that's super powerful in that to have words that i didn't realize i would want to say and so so can i i those words are are borrowed i guess um from the book of job chapter 23 Mm -hmm. uh if you go in there and read that uh, i just wanted to capture that feeling yeah (laughs) um and it's been awesome to hear people uh since the song has been released i've had people reach out to me and be like dude like i this resonates with me so much because like that feeling of god where are you at right and whatever is going on is a very human thing to feel Mm -hmm. um whether it's deep loss or whether someone (coughs) told you that you look like I don't. John Candy. John Candy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Whatever in existential crushingness yeah, right. you're going through. It's oh gosh, thing, yeah, so. that makes that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Is there um was was there anything that led you? Because that's it's interesting, um, especially actually now that if you think about it, layer it back onto the Book of Job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, did you, was there something like for you in that that took you there, kind of looking for that type of thing, or did you just happen to, to see it in the Book of Job and, and it inspired you to write the song, or like, what are some some kind of the backstory of the tune? Ooh, you wanted stuff to talk about. You just opened up the can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, how do I go about this here? The last couple of years have been pretty tough for me. Yeah. Um, I experienced a lot of loss in a fairly short amount of time. Yeah. Um, man, I, uh, about to get too deep into the weeds for it. Um, yeah, I just, I went through a divorce. Yeah. Uh, I lost my church family. I lost my place that I lived. Um, oh, I actually had to change jobs because of the financial requirements of stuff so i lost my profession yeah um i the august guns disbanded that was a big thing that kind of kept me afloat i mean it just kind of moved and life happened and everything like that um and that all happened in a very short amount of time and so uh yeah i am 
I, I went through a bit of a Job-esque season. I'm not going to say it's on the same plateau because right. dude lost his family and is like just absolutely everything. Right. Um, but yeah, just enough. I mean, everybody, you know, if you haven't lost stuff, live live a little longer, right? <laughs> right. You'll get yeah. there. You'll get yeah. there. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just, especially in some of the hard stuff that you, you, know, you pray about, you pray about, you pray about, and then God says no. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and gosh, you're yeah. just wrecked, right? Yep. So how do you put, how do you find those words when that mm-hmm. happens? And um, gosh, the, the, the um, you know, word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as to, as to divide spirit, soul, joints, and marrow. It is a judge of the thoughts and ideas of the heart. Yep. And so when I write... A lot of times I go into that trying to find like a specific thing that is either speaking to me um, or I figure, man, if I want to put words down, if I'm going to ask for your three minutes and 32 seconds or whatever it is, I want to make these words count and what better words to use than that. And like Joe, like the Bible, I love it because it's not just this hall of fame of like, here are these awesome people who made all the right choices except Judas. <laughs> Screw. We'll that get there. Guy. We'll get there. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's like it's real people going through real suffering and making you know, a- Abraham, right? Patriarch of the faith gave away his wife twice. Right. Oh, dude, she's my sister. My it's sister. cool. Take her. Just go. <laughs> yep. Um Yeah, so I love that cuz I'm not perfect and um uh, like neither are the people in there except the Lord Jesus. So, yep. Right. Um, anyway, sorry that was a long. No, no that's great. Yeah, <laughs> it is great, and I I think yeah. it is. Um, it does get to the heart of um of of scripture that does work. Like I, it's it's been mm-hmm. a great caution of mine. Um, where we spend time focusing to understand the scriptures, which is a it's it's a blessed thing um but if we come away with knowledge alone and not that god has put something to 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 what you quoted that, that is living and active that does it does work like the good news isn't just good information it's good news like the the character of god um isn't just something of which allows us to speak about god it allows us to recognize who we are in light of who he is type of stuff you know um and oftentimes it takes it takes the stripping of away of some edifices in our lives um, to, to to feel it or to recognize it, right? Like some sometimes we are um, blissfully ignorant, not intentionally mm-hmm. ignorant, but blissfully it feels like something can sit on the shelf. And, and some of those are they're just privileged problems, things that that maybe we we are have a have a blindness to that uh, maybe people in other situations or other cultures would do. Um, and there is. Um, and we miss out on, I think, the, some of the tangibility. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's actually one of the things. There's been great progress made on the study of, you know, the translations in ancient biblical languages, right? Like this is all really, really good things. But if we know all that, and then like our scriptures don't walk the world right. as they represented Jesus, who walked the world, who was in the midst of like what is legitimate human pain. Like it's very difficult to look out. At the world, it's especially situations like some of the things that you were talking about. You're like, but like of anything to rescue, can you rescue this this thing that's in front of me? Like totally, 
totally. And like in a in a human world where humans like whatever situations or circumstances occur, sometimes it just on this side of on this side of restoration, it just doesn't go the way that even God said, like I created it to be types yeah. of stuff. And like um there's a real um there's a real reality to the hurt and then a reality to um what God still steps into that I think I think you've captured in in the song and even in the um even in the, the the music that supports it, like uh, just just as the as the chorus fades out and you go back into the verse, like it's just there's a very mm-hmm. um, um, it, there's an isolation to it, which I think feels right, and then there's a hope to it, but then there's a then there's a questioning to it, and all that I think comes together very well in the tune. I think it gets Thank to you. exactly what you're trying to to say. That was a long way to say that. But. So, someone, someone the other day called it haunting, and I was like, "That is the sweetest thing that <laughs> anybody yes. has ever said." I was attempting to haunt you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that song was spooky. Um, yeah. Sorry, Dan. Were you gonna say something? Uh, okay. I think that one of the one of the things that I've recognized going through the Psalms is I I'm terrible about being angry mm. and like being upset and lamenting mm-hmm. and like. There's something about being willing to be real enough to question that, yeah. right? And, like, I think that that sometimes we get caught up thinking that, like, God doesn't understand human emotion, and that's mm. so incorrect. Yeah, it's dumb. And it's, and, right, like, <laughs> right. he created us yeah. exactly who we are, and he's not afraid of when we say things like, are you even there? Yeah. Like, David, you know, Psalm 22 style saying, like, all of my bones are broken and my joints are out of place. And, like, eventually, I think, like, 12 psalms later, it turns into, you fixed my bones. Yeah. But, like, there's, there's, a, there's an honesty to being willing to go to an omniscient God of this world that created you and go, are you even here? Like, are you even present in my life because I don't feel you? Well, in the psalms, oh, man, I'm going to geek out here, but, like, they just, they give vent in the language to mm-hmm. be, like, ugly. Yes, right? like, absolutely. Like, there's, what is it, Psalm 139, where David's like, I am fearful, or no, it's not in that. It's somewhere where he's like, you want to be like David, dude, like calm, <laughs> calm it down. down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, blessed are, are, are those who smash your your kids' heads against right. the rocks. Right. And I was like, David, like go to your room, <laughs> down, man. Yeah, David, go to your room. <laughs> like, oh, that's but funny. God, like in prayer, he's not surprised by anything. No. He's not off put. Like, I mean, maybe he's like, all right, dude, you need, but like he he. He makes space for you to be as ugly and little yeah. and like whatever caught up in your tiny little human understanding of as it is. And he doesn't look away and turn away from right. that. Yeah. Right. And I love that the Psalms give voice to like just some intense stuff where you're like, I don't know. I feel like the, the emotion of anger Christians have this weird relationship with it where yeah. you're like, don't be angry. Just praise all the time. <laughs> and that's crap because like, you know. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. You mm-hmm. got beef, grill it up and eat it. But like if you like God made emotions. Yeah. Right. right? Like he made God gets angry. God gets mm-hmm. angry at the right things. Um, so like there's a place for it. But I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I actually I like that. I like the reminder that uh the presence of emotion um is indicative of something that that says um, it, it brings something to your attention. It was a it's similar to like um, sometimes we react negatively to what something that feels like guilt, but like if if, if sometimes what we describe guilt is like God is is, is like tapping on me, right? Hey, yeah. hey, like you're you're walking away from me on this yeah. thing. You're yeah. harming yourself. You're, you're harming the others. Path here. Like 
what wouldn't I want? Wouldn't a good dad go, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not going to let this go. Um, and so like, sometimes our reaction to anger is totally justified. You look at it a world and like, it doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. And like, boy, we're so bad or I'm so bad. Or like, I, I wish I wouldn't have, you know, acted in such a way and created a mess in front of me or whatever. And like, like you can't stay in any of these places, but like it's all right for it to show up and for you because like it calls you to not only some oftentimes it calls you to a repentance, but it calls you to an assessment. Yeah. yeah. What am in, in in what am I angry about here? And like what is my opportunity? Oftentimes it's an opportunity to show to forgiveness in places that doesn't belong. Oftentimes right. it's an opportunity to repent, to go ask for forgiveness. Oftentimes it's to 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 look out and and like you become angry because you saw something. You're like. I, my my elbows and eyebrows and hands and feet are supposed to go do something in this situation. And so, like, if we use them as kind of triggers to go, all right, like, how do I how do I step into this? How what am I supposed to do with this emotion? As I like, where we become dangerous is where it controls us, as yeah. opposed to you being able to use this thing. Okay, not not even necessarily controlling it, but like recognizing what do I do with this. Jesus, what do you do with this? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of healthiness in that, and I think I think uh, Micah, to your earlier point, sometimes as 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 Christians, we we suppress in um, and then don't don't deal with things, which means like if if what we're just talking about is true, you miss out on the opportunity to actually have a healthy reaction, um, to make a change in the world, to repent, to ask for forgiveness, to forgive, um, especially with something like anger. But like we we just took Jesus's words too narrow. Oh, like don't be angry with your brother. I mean, okay, like don't hold anger against your brother. But like if you're angry with them, it's a mark to go reconcile. Like that was yep. actually Jesus' instruction. Like go reconcile. Right. Yep. Uh, that's your, a trigger to do that. Don't bring your sacrifice here. Go reconcile with your brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I so I yeah I, I think things that that uh, allow us and kind of call us or invite us into um, dealing with the world around us. Like here's it's actually the the one of the things that comes up when we talk about. Um, when people are contending for the notion, like for evolution, and like what one of the things that I would have, like I have trouble sorting out from that worldview is like what do you like emotions seem like a frailty? This doesn't seem like something we evolved positively to. Like I would look at it and go, I mean, we've become more frail yeah. to a certain extent in the presence of an emotion uh, that I don't know the 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 wolf pack or the turtle can just go. Well, I mean, the guy's he's he's gonna die, and so we're gonna leave. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> um, but like it obviously isn't a frailty in recognizing what it looks like for human connection and connection with God. It's not that. But like if you eliminate those views, emotions feel like something that actually creates a weakness in us compared to, you know, if, if you're purely on a survival of the fittest. So the right. question is, but God obviously has put something in humanity that doesn't exist in the rest of creation. Um, and so it cannot be that we are supposed to like com- be completely devoid of it. Like that can't be right. And and that and there are especially ones that are reflected in the character of God in places where like there has to be a justifiable way to do it. That's the right conversation. Not do we suppress um, mm-hmm. because I, and that causes all kinds of problems. We misunderstand God when we oftentimes misunderstand our own how we look at the world yeah. and feel about it and stuff. Right. That's a great song. That's a great song. Okay, so you can you can find it. So if you're looking for it, you're going to be looking for uh, "Are You There" by Empty Smith. And so if you if you go on there, I talked to the Amazon and I said, uh, hey, Alexa. I talked to the Amazon. Yeah, I did. I spoke with it. I speak. Do you talk to it, Move? I don't call it the Amazon. Oh. I call it rightly the Alexa. Oh, well, it responds to me. 
<laughs> I don't, Wait, I don't. you say Amazon and then ask a question and it answers you? Amazon, I wish to speech with you. <laughs> um, but anyway. If I bring I, you gifts. I'm always, ama- I'm always amazed at it, too. Like, uh, I get used to saying, you know, like, uh, Alexa, play the the hits from the Gap Band, right? But, like, people, you you've, oh, people oh. you've met, I say, hey, will you play Are You There by M.T. Smith? And doggone it, fires it right up. It knows what it is. So, like, one, give it a spin. Give it a spin. And, uh, and and tell us what you think about it. You can uh, you can find uh, Empty Smith on on the socials. So uh, Facebook. He's into the TikTok. You t- I, are you eleven hundred years old? I what is wrong with you tonight? I can't help who I, who I, I am. I'm I, on the TikTok and the Facebook. <laughs> I too I too say the TikTok because <laughs> I'm I'm a I am internally a hundred and six. Yes. So. Yeah. We got two Just, Methuselahs in the room. Yeah. This is great. Okay, for for those dumb people like myself out there, you're saying M, the letter M, the letter T, Smith, or are you saying the word empty? Empty, empty Smith. Smith. The second. That's option. why I wanted to ask because yes. I yeah. wanted to make certain you weren't just weirdly fast saying two letters. Okay, but so but you've heard me call him Micah. So an explanation is in order. Uh, you've released tunes under the uh, under the name Empty Smith. Uh, tell me more about that. All right, so. Okay, the moniker was chosen because uh, for a couple different reasons. So when I was thinking about this project or if there was even going to be a project because when I went through my kind of Job season, as I I mentioned, I didn't even know if I was going to do music anymore. I just felt like existentially drained. Yeah. Like I had no life left to oh, give. Like did you no creative spark? Yeah, did, like did you tr- um, like did you find yourself picking up a guitar or like no, or just left no, it? You said, I, I'm not even touch I was it. So, so so I don't know. Maybe it's different for other people. Like I I guess I always had this perception that like hard times and and everything like that would just like boil up, you know, art to like kind of puke out of you as your negative mm. emotions. Yeah, for me, it really. I don't know if it just got to a point that it was so bad where I just like lost my uh-huh. like I kind of felt just like a ghost. Yep. Um, I was there in form, but not in like substance. Yeah. Um, and so there was a long time where man, I just didn't have any creative like spark or desire. My whole life just kind of felt like it was. I I, I just had nothing left. Yep. Um, yep. And so when I got to I don't know, the, the, the rubble kind of ceased to fall and then the dust was falling and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, I was, I was thinking about a name for it and coming out of that place, I felt empty. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in this, so I've, I've always kind of had a secret, um, like in the August Guns, it was a little bit more energetic, a little bit more heavy, a little bit more like punk rock and roll. Yeah. But I never, rare were the days where I actually wrote anything on electric. I would always write on acoustic. Yeah. And mm. so I've just always had like this penchant for um, softer music. I really like, um, uh, at the time, I was listening to a lot of the Steel Drivers, which are like a bluegrass yeah. group that Chris Stapleton once upon a time. Yep fronted um but now they've got a different guy and it continues to be excellent um and then um so yeah i always kind of like enjoyed that sort of music and then when considering going in this direction a lot of artists are 
it's like a, a two name or a three name thing. Like uh, one guy that I'm listening to right now a lot is Vincent Neil Emerson. So mm-hmm. One, two, mm-hmm. three, or uh, Benjamin Todd is another one of my favorites, but a lot of just like people's names versus group names. Yeah. So I thought about that and I was like, well, Micah Smith, I personally know at least of one other Micah Smith in existence. So I was yeah. like, crap, that guy stole my name and yep. there can definitely not only be one of us. And then looking around, I was like, well, when, when you're choosing a name, at least in my, my thinking, you want something that is going to stand out yeah. if possible that no one else has. And so Micah's, Micah Smith was not unique enough. And my middle initial is, is T for Thomas. So M.T. Smith. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, maybe the initial thing. And I was like, no, but like M.T. sounds like M.T. Right. Yes. As as just was demonstrated right there. And I thought, I think empty, the word, uh, communicates just kind of the, I don't know. It, it sets the expectations for what kind of stuff gotcha. is, yeah. is going to okay. be there. So, yeah. Um, I rolled the dice. Maybe it's a little cheesy. I'm a little cheesy, so I guess no apologies, but yeah, I, um, uh, I mean, I think if your music was cheesier, then I would say, oh, man, that's pretty rough. My my friend was like, he heard the name of the project, and he's like, that is Chef's Kiss, (laughs) Chef's Kiss level emo. And I was like, yes. That's Midwest emo. Yes, exactly. Ohio is for lovers. Farm farm emo, baby. Farm emo. I love that. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't, by the way, to the the viewing public, that was not a setup. I legitimately didn't know if Ben was saying the word empty or the letters MT. I don't trust Ben. That was the situation there, that's, but it, it turned. It, it, it came to fruition. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was hearing. Yeah, that's, that's what Dan. I just thought you were weirdly saying M.T. Smith. Oh, oh no, because that young, sounds like something you would do. Yeah, no, as as uh, as my emulated uh, man of same visage, Matthew Broderick once said, "It's definitely not M.T. Smith." <laughs> and that's when was that quote? Do you know? Nineteen eighty-seven. Got it. Okay, cool. Everything happened in nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> In fact, all my all my sports knowledge is ended in 1987. That's, I knew everything when I was five, and then that's past that I've, I've lost all the things. 36 years ago, everything okay. stopped. So anyway, um, th- this um, it, the the tunes will continue. Uh, Mike is going to keep kind of uh, releasing tunes over time as he uh, as he finishes up and loves them and uh, wants to release them to the public. So the way to know that though is to follow him on the socials. So you want to get on on Facebook and the what do you? TikTok. Is the that tic- how you say the it? The TikTok. There we go. Yep. TikTok. It's the just TikTok. TikTok. The TikTok. Yeah. Methuselah two. It's TikTok. <laughs> and X. Uh, Instagram X. Instagram. That's uh, X. I don't. Yeah. It's X now. Man, yeah. I yeah. I too am a boomer. I'm out of uh, touch. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't mess with the Twitters. Um, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the right move. I was just checking. Yeah. So right now I just the 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 Facebooks, the Instagrams, and the TikToks yep. is where you can find it. Um, but mostly I, I want you to listen to the music. So if you yeah. like it, just share it with one person, add it to a playlist, whatever you want to do. Yep. Um, and I've been super, I, I was telling him earlier that, um, I put out music in some form or fashion for a very long time. Yeah. And this is probably the most successful release weekend that I've ever had. Cause mm-hmm. I'm used to making music that's more kind of niche like, yeah. um, and this seems to be a have a broader appeal. I'm making music that my mom liked for the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is do you have a YouTube channel? channel? What's that? Do you, do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Okay. Empty oh, Smith. Nice. 
yeah it's all it's all that stuff so cool okay um, yeah yeah give it a, give it a listen give it a give it a spin i i love that share it around put it on a on a playlist um actually and and like um you know put it in the put it in your back pocket to, to there's there's something about uh, uh again communally um digesting some of the 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 well-earned feelings uh that are in situations like this like um uh, the, the the scriptures full of um of a righteous lament of uh, questions on like, what does it mean to be a human interacting with a, uh, with a, a holy God and in a world that obviously desperately needs it, that you're sitting in the middle of. And so, um, you know, yeah, just uh, put it in the, put it in the playlist, things I need to go to when I need to go to them and, uh, and dig on it there. All right. I just did it. It's that easy. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's not bad. I'm going to get on the old TikTok. Please don't do that. Just, just as a general rule of thumb, I don't think you should be on the TikTok. I think I should. I've seen what you've done with an AI mic. I've seen what you've done with YouTube shorts on a, on talking about a possum or raccoon. Yeah. I don't know if the TikTok's where you need to go. It's, they're not ready for me, but I'm ready for them. <laughs> That's, That's that is saying. That is an interesting way to take the information that I just gave you, because they ain't ready for me. I know you were trying to protect them, but like, I mean, sometimes a hurricane's got to blow, you know? That's how it is. Ben Foost, a man once described. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Clint Howard 21. Let's look for me on the TikTok. At Clint Howard 21. Is that right? I hope Clint Howard has that specific handle. It's like, why am I getting a weird resurgence of people talking about me? He's going to be 22. He's going to sign up after me. He's going to finally get on. He's like, I who's got out. the first 21 Clint Howards? <laughs> why are there so many of me? This okay. guy doesn't look anything like me. Okay, five uh, five sins that aren't sins. Uh, here we go. Christians frequently talk about grace, love, acceptance, and freedom. And indeed, these attributes are abundantly available to the person who follows Christ. Unfortunately, however, within Christian group settings, community is the latest buzzword. Is that a buzzword? Yeah. You find a buzzwordy, Dan? Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. It, uh, people do use it across all uh, all manner of things. Yeah, I was just telling someone that this last week, someone was speaking at, at this conference I was at, and and I, I and I said, man, I wish they'd stop saying community and what else? Uh, anyway, yeah, it's a few little key words that they they just keep throwing around. Yeah. space, the space. Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know? I was like, I mean, I get it; it's not terrible. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just kind of like, okay, you're overusing the word space, you know, and community. That is unfortunate too, because like there are times where I found where like some of these words really do that, like they do capture what you want. Yeah. But then people start using them wrongly, <laughs> and then, like they're taken away from me. Like I like I have heard community is a really good example mm-hmm. where you're you're trying to give people a better sense for what what we used to mean by church kind of carried that connotation, and then communities start to to kind of get to some of the organic nature of some of those things and like outside building type of things, which is positive. But now we're like, everything's like, this is my community. I'm like, it can't, all these people are not like, you can't, it's not what we're talking about at the very least. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I can see that. All right. We're going to go. Here we go. Um, a believer just gets the idea. I don't know why they had to say that in this article though. It's like a personal ax to grind. Never going to make it through half these articles. Hold on. We just stop at every word and go. (laughs) Community is a word that has definitely been cheapened recently. And let me tell you about why. (laughs) A believer just gets this idea sort of. That he doesn't measure up, that Jesus is displeased with her, and they're on God's disciplinary list. If you felt this way, relax, Buva. Rest and stop listening to the murmurs in the room. There really is grace, love, acceptance, and freedom in Christ. And if you want to find it, start by crossing these five pseudo-sins off your list. Ooh, full oh colon. <clears throat> Unnecessary full colon. Un- so full it needs a doctor's appointment. <laughs> Number one. 
<laughs> it's the first I'm not going to let that it, slip, it, like slip by without the, making a face at you. It's just the a first thing up. I'm going to say on the TikTok. <laughs> okay. So full and needs a doctor's appointment. <laughs> I hate how much you love that you just said that. That's the worst part. I enjoy myself. And I'm like, damn, I don't know why my children aren't equally. I'm like, maybe I This tree it. is good. I, Look I, at this good fruit. I had too many. That was the problem. I, pre- I overpressed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, number one, skipping church. <laughs> there is no commandment that we must attend weekly or multiple times weekly. Uh, although many people like to quote Hebrews 10.25, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Arguably, the highly controlled regimented functions that many people endure on Sunday mornings bear little resemblance to the early Christians meeting in the catacombs of Rome. I like this guy cut into the quick. And increasingly, more and more people are wondering why they attend what they do. Even if you do enjoy your church experience, and through the years, we have found quirky, fun enclaves of people who give meaning to the word. Me- hey, he's trying so much to not use community. He said <laughs> enclaves. <laughs> uh, quirky enclaves of people. <laughs> you are not sinning if you opt to sleep in, partake of a leisurely breakfast, swing in the hammock, close your eyes, and pray. The bonus is if there are other people in your home, you are, <laughs> you are meeting together with them, something you may not do if your day is filled with song service practice, leadership meetings, small group encounters, and visitation. No period. Okay, that was weird. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, okay, I would agree with this, I guess. But, like, I think we're talking about it in the wrong way. Right. Like, yeah. I want to be there. Like, I'm not yes. trying to. And in such a way, like, I, I um, even when we go on vacation, like, oftentimes it just works out. Like, if I'm going to work on Friday and we're going to be gone for, like, a week, it makes sense to leave Saturday. I'm like, well, can we leave after uh, church on Sunday? <laughs> I mean, and like, yes, we might go somewhere else, like, while we're traveling, whatever. But I, I just, I mean, I like to be there. I like to be with uh, in the community uh, enclave of people I'm in. <laughs> Did we just turn community into uh, a bad word? Which, oh boy, I, community. I don't think enclave. it's just been replaced by enclave. Like enclave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a herd of people. That'll make a T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I think of it a lot of things. Uh, like, um, I mean, if you're, if uh, it's there is it, this is again, we're too focused on the building and the times and stuff. Like, but if you're intentionally not engaging in groups of people who love and follow Jesus. Like that is to your detriment, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jesus looks at these people and goes, "I love, I love these people, and I would describe them as my bride." And so, like, um, if it's from a nun, if it's situational, that's fine. If it's an unhealthy place or relationship with folks, that's probably not fine. Um, and I don't even know if it's sinful necessarily, but you're missing out. And so, like, that's probably how we should think about it. Like, you're kind of yeah. Proverbs talks about how he who isolates himself pursues selfish desires, and you look at David, who's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna kick it, y'all, y'all boys got to war." Ooh, look at that naked lady yeah, on right. top of the What's room. What's your name, Bathsheba? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, don't be legalistic, but don't be an idiot who like <laughs> right. just oh, gosh, yeah. yeah, put that yeah. on a shirt, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, and I join I, the enclave. <laughs> I do, and I do think actually, I think that Hebrews verse is a powerful one. But like, not because I arbitrarily want to make sure you cross the thresholds of this place. It's like, um, you know, like yeah, be be part of what God is doing. Be in, be encouraged, be lifted up. But find places where you can say the things that you don't say to anybody else because like you need it. Um, find places where teaching like uh, where God has gifted people to teach and sing and and just let, you can let yourself go and not carry the burden of whatever it is you walked in with like yeah. those are all great things wherever your enclave meets and whenever they meet you just do it <laughs> yeah you should do that uh, it's just yeah. yeah yeah whether it's nine o'clock you know Sunday morning okay that's good but but, but if it's like okay we take attendance yeah here uh, and I'll do a first service and the second service, but then we'll have like something at night, a big, we have a big chili um, 
cook-off yeah. uh, this past week. I thought, hey, there were some people there that weren't earlier, so I still counted them. Yeah. Because they were still gathering with with, with their peeps. Yeah. You know? I mean, with their enclave. And uh, so <laughs> uh, that's going to stick. The brood. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if we show up here sometime and you've changed the name to the enclave, I will yeah. be sad. Please join one of our enclave groups. <laughs> Um, we'll call them e-groups. And, <laughs> and you know, one of the things that they pointed out was like, oh, you know, do, do, does this even count? Like we're talking with the leadership meetings and the blah, blah, blah. And like here's the thing. If 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 you feel like your most of your focused time is about the workings of the gathering, then drop it. I mean, let it, maybe don't be part of those things. Like if they feel like they're a distraction or whatever, then I just bail directly. Like maybe you're not the right person for it. Uh, and like, and I don't know if you're leading a church and you're like, boy, we spend most of our time on the functions of the thing, then you should maybe consider dropping some of that stuff. Like it may be a good indication to rethink, are we spending our time doing the things that the people of Jesus spend their time doing? But like, I mean, most of the time it's like, they're just things that keep the thing running. Like it requires some level of organization Mm -hmm. uh, at a certain size. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's not a sin, but like, I don't know if I care for quite the attitude of which they're referring to. Right. Yeah. They're kind of like, they're not doing anything. It sounds like they're like, okay, well, you don't have to do Sunday morning or anything else. Yeah, we can sleep in and yeah, have yeah, a like, leisurely breakfast. Okay. I mean, and sometimes, I mean, maybe you do, but like, here's the thing. I, I don't, I generally don't want to. Right. You know, like, well, yeah. I really wish uh, I could miss church today. I mean, may, I don't know, maybe sometime, but mostly I'm like, I know I like, I, again, I want to go. <laughs> Dang it. I missed my e-group. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Oh, number two. No. This seems like the same thing. Oh, great. Not participating in Sunday school. Oh, wow. What? Sunday school. That is the same. Is that something people hold on to? Here's the thing. I mean, it's a very different thing, but it's along the same line. I mean, yeah. There was a guy, and I couldn't talk him out of it. He didn't care for me, this fella. Uh, But, like, I was was helping. uh, It was an executive pastor, and uh, he was going to meet, and he said, well, we're going to rename the thing, and we're going to call it Adult Sunday School. And I said, that acronym doesn't fly, man. Like you gotta call it. You gotta oh, call sweet it, Moses. Dude. You gotta call it something else. That and it, he fly. goes, I don't understand why. I said, Look, I don't want. I'm not trying to be childish here, but like, I just. You, can you call it anything else? You want to call it something else? No. <laughs> he would. He wouldn't give it up. And so uh, every time I hear Sunday school, that's what. I, I'm like, and yeah. then I thought, How did I not think of that forever? <laughs> like yeah. I was probably 30 by the time it came to me. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and that's what this article's talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's exactly. like, yeah, skip that. Yeah, run just, from it. It's no no reason. <laughs> uh, Sunday school, which in some circles is more compulsory than church attendance, began in the late 18th century as a literal school for working class children who during the Industrial Revolution worked 12-hour days, Monday through Saturday, and thereby had no opportunity to learn to read, write, and educate themselves beyond serfdom. I'm telling you, huh? every time every time you major institution, uh, hospitals, uh, colleges, schools, places for the blind, places, orphanages, like Christians. Christians started this. They saw a social need. They fired it up. The worthy endeavor morphed into what we experience today, a segregation of ages and demographics, young marrieds here, sixth graders there, Retired persons in the front foyer, children in the basement. Why are they going to put it like that? This guy's really got a bend. That adds another hour of community obligation to the day of rest. I, here's the deal. We don't do uh, – again, we house church, so, like, we, we don't really have that structure. But, like, even when – like, I would go, I liked it. Again, I, I'm not sure what the – if you don't not get anything out of it, don't go. But, like, we seem to, like, be worried that it's encroaching on the hour and a half – or hour that us Western folks have decided that we could show up for church. When to Dan's Zimbabwe report, you can hardly get those people out of there after six or seven. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I just like, I get it, but I, it just feels like uh, the tone here is fighting for the wrong types of right. things. 
This feels like an article that's that's pointed at the kind of holiday Christians that like yeah. what they really show up for is the major holidays. But then they feel bad about the fact that they're not showing up to Sunday school and to church and stuff like that. Yeah. This is giving them a pass when it's, it's just your heart. That's the problem. Here. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's your attitude and your heart and the concept of what's obligatory. That's the issue here that that is causing your your thought process behind. Oh, this is a sin and I should feel guilty about it. It's like. There's a lot worse things going on in in your life if if you think that this is the biggest sin. Like, this is the one that really needs to get knocked out and I need to give myself grace for. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. You know what's happening. Yeah. I mean, if your Sunday school sucks, you should rethink that. Do something that doesn't (laughs) suck. That seems good. Yeah, that acronym is rough. (laughs) Yeah, but like... Anyway, okay. If you like it and you're learning from Sunday school, then participate with joy. If you're not interested, then don't feel like a pariah. All right. Um, Oh, interesting. Does that happen in churches? Like, do churches oh. make people feel like a pariah here's, when they're not showing up to the Sunday school? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. There's, I just haven't experienced that. There's That's unhealthy yeah. people everywhere. Of course. Yeah. Right? And so, like, I mean, you, I'm sure you can find something that is relevant, that is a neutral thing that some unhealthy person is either leading or participating in that causes problems in it. It's not a problem with the thing. It's a problem with an unhealthy person right. doing something in the thing. Forgive yourself for not being in the choir. Yeah. I, I, we, did, we didn't see you in Sunday school, Chuck. Uh, nope. We did the car have wash you, this year, and you didn't show up. Yes, have you gone off the rails? <laughs> How are you in the Lord? Right, and maybe you Chuck to him has about the car wash. Maybe you're used to seeing Chuck, but that's a relational problem. It's not a Sunday yeah, school right. problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Number three, uh, things you uh, that aren't sins: thinking or speaking a negative thought. Okay, we just kind of talked. We about covered this. that. Um, actually, but I think I would argue that I'm not sure it's uh, the stuff that we were discussing. It's not negative; it just is. Right, and exactly. then the question is, yeah. that's you know. It, how it dwells, mm-hmm. where you let it to abide is a question of probably d- does it negative. Yeah, real and honest are different than negative. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, you also have to be discerning about like the kind of thing that comes out of your mouth yeah. in the situation too, right? Yep. Like the the power of life and death are in the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So yep. like you don't have to give vent to every negative thought that right. you think. So again, what was it? Yeah, don't be... <laughs> Be discerning. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I I would be a terrible pastor because I just tell everybody, don't be an idiot. I mean, like, I think, stop. Uh-huh. I think there's an there's an appetite for that kind of pastor sometimes. <laughs> on the TikToks. On the TikToks. Yeah. On the TikToks. Yeah. TikTok pastor. That could be you. There's that could no be way you. that's not that taking <laughs> Um Yeah. Like, and it says, uh, well, and I think to your point, like one of the questions, if you think about negative thoughts, is like, is this is this true? Because sometimes, like thoughts dwell. And they're not they're not accurate. Like those are the those are like um, some of the hardest things is like something pops into your mind of thoughts about yourself, thoughts about God, thoughts about other people. And they're not even they're not true things. And sometimes, especially when it's when it's personal stuff, like you you tend to dwell on and hold on to things that if, if you were able to think objectively, you would know this is not true. But in the moment, because of what's happening around you, because of how you felt when the thing popped in, it holds on for longer than it should. And that happens, and like, and sometimes it t- it's very difficult to get over, and you got to talk people through it. And you have people who have to remind you, "Hey, man, that thing that's sitting on you heavy, it's not even a true thing." So mm-hmm. let's de- let's try to deal with it. And so they're not always the easiest thing. Uh, it's not a sin that it was there, um, but sometimes it does take effort to combat 
Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't just go, oh, I don't want to think any negative thoughts or like something, you know, I don't know if you, you ever done something like, man, I'm an idiot. And the realization no. was as a whole, I'm not an idiot. But in that moment, right. I was. Yeah, the truth <laughs> is, is yeah, right. It's more nuanced than the, that. The yeah. mind's a powerful thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I I had a uh, last night, I had a couple of friends. I said, hey, I need to talk to you uh, after our chili thing. Yep. And um, we just need to sit down and talk. And so they both, their minds started going like, oh, no. Uh, you know, right. Oh, t- uh, it happens to me all the time. Yeah. The guy, the guy was stuff. like, I said something dumb and, and, and he's going <laughs> to call me on the carpet again. Uh-huh. And, and the gal was like, they're moving. They're leaving. Uh-huh. And because I was my wife and I were like, and down then we're like, oh, no, actually, it was much worse than that. But it had nothing to do. Right. With- yeah. <laughs> not what you thought it was. Yeah, it had nothing to do with them or <laughs> it's us. It's much worse. Right. It was like, here's something you need you to know about. The PG yeah. version. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah. But but they just were convinced, you know, and I, I've done that. I've been on the other yep. side of that. I, I've convinced yeah, myself right. of whatever. Yeah, nothing. They, that's the last thing that person was thinking, or, right. or whatever. They weren't even thinking about me. You know, I was like, "Hey, we mm-hmm. got to talk about the, the dog going to the bathroom outside." I'm thinking, "Uh, the, you know, the, they hate me, or you know, whatever." Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. yeah, that mind's a powerful little beast. Yes. It, yeah. Right. So not not a sin, but it is something to be uh, aware. Obviously, is your mind, but like, yeah. um, it is a battleground. It is a yes. place where um, where uh, fights can start uh, and where deceit lives, and sometimes um, in our human frailties, because I'm I I worry I, this happens at work. Like, oh, people go, hey, we gotta uh, just drop something on my calendar and go, hey, we need to meet real quick, especially if it's like 15 minutes. I'm like, oh no, yeah. like they're either firing me or firing someone else. Company's going under. Like, I get my mind just goes nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you don't guard that, mm-hmm. um, it could then. It, it alters you in a way that uh, wouldn't happen if you gave it protection, and so it's act, it's an active it's an active thing. You get uh, in an argument with your wife for three week or three days that never happened. Oh yeah, yeah because right. in your mind you're like, oh, I know which you know, and, and mm-hmm. it's like she's like, oh no, no, I just you know, yeah, we I were know what you meant by we, that. We, no, we got a raisin brand, and I just wasn't happy. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah. uh-oh. laughs> right. like oh, not, not to sidebar this, but like it's such a it's such a powerful thing when you look at the the the. The actual impact of truth, like the actual truth, right? Like if I think of of the most impactful changes that have happened in in my my mental and emotional journey, if 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 you'll say from trauma, has been just finding the truth of things. Like two major shifts in my life came from when I recognized what was real about the situation. Yeah, and like one was was we've talked about it before. It was with my with my you know lake of depression. I thought I had to pail out with a with a bucket. I found a way to just pull the plug at the bottom. Yeah, and like that was huge, right? And it wasn't. It was no longer this. It's going to take me sixty years to get through this. It's like oh, it's not even there anymore. I pulled the bath plug. Like it's gone. It's completely out of here. Yeah. The second was like I felt I felt so much uh, weight waiting for this light at the end of the tunnel situation through my sin and through whatever I was dealing with, and like God just showed up and instead of like accelerating me towards the end of the tunnel, right? He just ripped the freaking mountain off the top. Yeah, and so it was just sun. It was just sunshine, and it's like those both came from a right sizing and a right understanding of the truth of the situation. Yeah. It had nothing to do with like all of this hard work that needed to happen. It was just a, a paradigm shift of like, let me right size this and let me get you looking at it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So it finishes off just because a statement or a thought is negative does not mean that it is bad and negative or positive statements in and of themselves do not have an innate power of, to influence outcomes. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think we should <laughs> be more stretch. cautious than that. Um, believing that they do is a cornerstone of occult thought. What? Oh, I, hmm? I've ended up in a bucket I did not intend to be. I'm a warlock. 
<laughs> you need to find a better enclave. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know. If you're going to be in a cold, I feel like being a warlock seems kind of fun. All right. Uh, I believe that they do as a cornerstone of a cult. It's not true. It's Please not, take that quote, someone, I know and put it on something. That's, that's number all two on Coffee the mug, baby. Clint Howard 21. You're going to be in a cult. You might as well be a warlock. <laughs> that's, uh, ben Foost. I'm, I'm going to dominate the TikTok. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, so I, I, I get what they're trying to protect. Like, uh, thoughts are not instant manifestations. I totally, I get it. And actually, right. people are often led astray by the thought that, like, I, I thought, therefore, I created. However, um, I think dismissing the impact of the presence of thoughts and your ability and the need to manage them, uh, I, I think that you're, is being undersold by maybe what they're saying. Um, not that you're constantly under under attack, but I, I don't know. Some people are. Some people. Like you get in a you get in a headspace and like legitimately it just feels like you're constantly being attacked from all sides and then your own mind is going nuts on you. Right, totally can happen. And so I maybe just don't talk about it so lightly, um, as if there's not active yeah. work in there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number four, the sin. This is funny. The picture related to this one is like a hand with a ball of light coming out of it, which does not fit the thing at all. <laughs> number four, the sins that aren't sins. Just saying no. Yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, that makes me think of David Bowie in the labyrinth. Yes. Um, there are a lot of great ministries out there, but that does not mean that you are obligated to participate in them. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, what, stop calling. I think we've had this conversation recently. Ministry. Stop calling the things the ministries. Let's just say there's a lot of good things to do. There's a lot of you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to go do good works. There's a lot of that to do. Hey, man, I was part of a generation that worked really hard to get us to stop saying committee, and, <laughs> and we moved it to ministry. So okay. let, it, let it go. Progress, it's progress. <laughs> let's, let's go with ministry. No. I'm starting a crawfish boiled ministry. <laughs> it's the mission Just, of the enclave. The, mission of the, board. the warlocks have spoken. The war- <laughs> Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're obligated to participate in them. Saying no is especially difficult when a pastor or church leader asks you to say yes, because there's the added invocation to obey your leaders and submit to their authority. A verse that is trotted out as regularly as the forsake not assembling command. Again, I, you know, I've never had this happen to me. You've never had I've to never say obey your leaders to somebody? I've had people ask, but like, how else do you to recruit for things? But well, go, yeah, hey, yeah, would you be yeah. interested? Yeah. And, think, right. and think about it this way. Most... Uh, often, part of the key ministry, the, the things that go on in the church, the key ministries in the church, right, are things the pastor is behind. If the pastor is behind serving the poor, people will get on board with that. Like they will. This is what leadership does. Like, right. People will stand around and scratch their cheeks without someone who goes, hey, maybe we should do this. They would be glad to do it. They are excited to do it. They just need someone to go, hey, do you want to go do it? And so like. I got be real cautious about like as if the recruiting techniques of someone leading something like it's what I have to do to lead people, right? Because they won't go do the thing on their own. I've had, I've in fact we've often my my wife and I just happen to like lead a lot of things that we get involved with and like I swear there's all kinds of stuff where I'm like boy I wish someone would come up with an idea that I didn't have to come up with and go hey we need help so we could go yep we'll be there mm-hmm. <laughs> excellent I didn't have to think about that I'd be glad. Right, to go yeah. in and join something that they're doing that they're excited about. Like a ministry. Like a ministry. <laughs> and to give to, – to be fair here, like there, there's – on the opposite side of this is recruitment perspective. There's a wrong way to do that. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. This perception yeah, yeah, yeah. comes from domineering pastors that are like, you will do this because the Lord has told me that you're going to. And if you don't line up to it, then you're in sin and not following along. And it's like, well, you just needed greeters. 
Like, I don't know, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I don't know if the Lord came down as an like a sent an angel of the Lord to sit on your shoulder and go, "Hey, Jimmy over there, greeter or problems." Like that's not a thing that's happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Right. I can't really put words in the Lord. It's like heart, the Sunday same. school. I mean, like you get a you get an unhealthy or crappy person doing all kinds of things. They can also do. Yeah. They'll spread it around. Do you want to know a good way to figure out what's sin and what's not? You should read your Bible. It's a good story. That's what you should do. It's Whoa. a story. You should, you should stop looking to lists like this to figure out if something is sin or not. Yeah. You should go, I feel like there's a, a collection of like 66 books by chance that maybe I could read a little bit about and study and ask questions of people around me. And maybe I'll be more likely that I want to show up on Sunday because I've got those burning questions because yeah. I'm, on, I'm on fire for the Lord, to use a very you know burnt out phrase. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, just be better. You know, a lot of those, a lot of those are maybe we're, they're treating him as a sin because we're trying to force things that have maybe gone past their time, like we've mentioned on some some of this stuff, and yeah, uh, and it's not something that really even maybe the, the, that God's really caring about at the moment. I mean, it's, He doesn't care if you like you say if you have a greeter or not. I mean, whatever. yeah, right. You know, it's like if you went to great, if you don't, eh, I mean, the, the, the church will not really fail. Failing. Uh, you know, we started to uh, talk about that recently. We were doing our homeless team. We go in the homeless camps every other week, and we don't. We haven't begged anybody. We haven't asked anybody. We haven't even called it a homeless ministry. Yeah. We just say, hey, we're going to do homeless, and and then like all these people show up because yeah. they want to. Right. You, you, no one's been guilted into it. They just like well, may show a picture or two and hear like, hey, here's what's going on, so you know what to expect, and and there's there. Um, yeah, even a high-level reading your Bible, that's the kind of thing you should want to get involved in. God yeah, yeah. very specifically yeah, talks right. about how you treat the poor. Yeah, exactly. that's something exactly. we should get exactly. involved with. Yeah, so it's kind of it's just kind of cool to see it organically happen, and yeah. and uh, we're, we're like the spirit of God is really kind of moving in that, and and moving the hearts of people, and they're in, and they're going that direction. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same yeah. with our senior thing, you, you know. Like, actually, I was gonna say that Dan, I saw a picture uh, on the Facebook. Uh, what was it last week? Uh, there's all kinds, all kinds of blue hairs in there. Like, I know. Like, like what a great service. I know. It's like, like then I'm, you know, it's like we're. A fairly young church, but but and so all these people come from around the neighborhood, and so they get good. a meal, and 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 they get some fellowship, they get some conversation, they get they, awesome. get they get out of their apartment, they're stuck in this hole, you know, and they come out, and and it's just a growing and I thriving, and we have all these people coming in to help, and and we never have to beg, we don't have to like, hey, are you going to be part of the senior ministry? No, right, you know, I mean. Right. I, what have you done to service the sixty-six plus people recently? <laughs> if you love Jesus, you'll help the widow. Yeah. And, I mean, which is, you know, biblical, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh gosh. Yeah. And it's true. You know, yeah, it, okay. We, we can, we can move past it, but Bible verses are not meant, are not meant to be slung about like arrows. Okay. That's true. Uh, manipulating, um, people into doing what they do not want to do. I mean, that's not always true. So <laughs> here's say. the deal. I've, I mean, I mean, Dan, you gotta be in the same boat. Plenty of times you've, uh, the focus of the sermon is here's the thing that Jesus is saying. And I think you're probably not doing it. And I wanted to draw your attention to that fact. Right. Right. Totally. There's a lot of stories that's like, I don't want to do this. And God's like, that's not the question yeah. I asked. I don't, I don't remember asking yeah. if you were down for this work. Yeah, he tried to guilt me. Uh, no, no. He just <laughs> he drew just, something to your attention your that needed to be drew to Put in front of you going, this is what I have for you. You need to go. <laughs> this is toxic. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't feel like around this negativity. I often feel that Sign way in when, when there's something uh, on the floor in the living room that needs to be swept up. I look at it and say, I will not be guilted by this. <laughs> I will not be guilted into doing something about this. Right. All right. Uh, you have specific gifts and passions along with limitations on your time, energy, and financial resources. Only God rather than men uh, and how you oh, – obey God rather than men and how you will use them. Okay. 
again, I'd be real cautious with this. Uh, oftentimes, uh, the Lord will call you into stuff that has nothing to do with your talent. Right. And that, True. and along these lines, your level of, of getting involved in things feels comfortable about here. But you really should be here. Yeah. Like, yeah. the amount of money you're giving up, or the amount of time you're giving up, or the amount of effort or pain you're putting yourself through as it pertains to the work of the kingdom, it's it's probably not, you are probably not a good litmus, te- litmus test for like, this is what I feel is comfortable to be giving. You yeah. could probably give more. Take a look back at yourself. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think it is. Um, here's the thing: there, there are there are things that are subjective, um, and so like some of those things, like the, the God's going to know. It's you, you don't have to be somebody's Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. However, um, I, it is totally good human behavior to ask to ask questions. Yeah, hey man, I, like because we're prone to slipping. To be honest with you, like we're 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 prone to have our focus move around, and so like mm-hmm. every every few months, someone goes, "Hey man, how was uh." Uh, are you being generous with what God has given you? It's a great question. Yeah. And they're not going to say, you need to sell your, I don't have a boat, but like, you need to sell your catamaran, which I also don't have. Like, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> what a weird correction you just kept, did for no reason. You've tried to think Not a of boat, like, a catamaran, like, which I also don't own. <laughs> Everything I came up with was dumb. Like, I, when it came Sell your mind, dune buggy. Ah, a, crap, uh, don't have that either. It was like a sled, but like the only sleds I have, like like snow sled. The Dollar I, General ones? I found on trash day. Even better. I cycle out sleds from the opportunity days. Like, this is all I have. But that's what kept popping in my <laughs> mind. Like, you don't just have pieces of sheet metal, to Don't be say with you. sled. Don't say sled. <laughs> <laughs> don't so, say sled. <laughs> and Jesus commanded him to sell his sled and give to the poor. <laughs> so catamaran is what happened. Anyway, like... Uh, it's totally, it's totally a good question. And like, that's okay. And like, it's wrong to say, Hey, you, it's, it's between, in fact, the, the, the phrase it's between me and God, uh, is, is, is always a significant issue. Like it could be true, but like most of the time it's just someone doesn't want to have right. to someone like bring to them something they should be considering. Cause the reality is, is that like God intentionally creates a world and says human act as my idol act mm-hmm. on my behalf. Yeah. Genesis two, three. Right. And so like. And every time he sends he sends a prophet, speak on my behalf. Like he uses humans. And yeah. so this only me and God and no interaction with humans, it's not a biblical narrative. And so can people screw this up? Can they manipulate people? Can they be totally wrong? Yes, sinful people will do sinful things. But like don't close yourself off um, because I think you miss out on the very thing that God points to people to do, which is to go be part of the restoration of his good world in all kinds of different ways. Yeah. Okay. This, this whole list is just kind of obnoxious because it seems just centered around like the the comfort zone of the individual. Yep. Like yeah, we absolutely. Yep. And that's that's just dumb. I, man, I'm, I'm <laughs> historically just, a really bad I'm prerogative. A, the impression I'm going to make tonight, if anybody listens, is that that empty Smith guy calls people idiots all the time. <laughs> yeah, just don't be an idiot. Stop like, being so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're willingness to serve god is just as far as your comfort zone goes right right go. like yeah. yeah right just do it when you're convenient when it's convenient yeah. that's all that matters yeah i challenge you to go read your bible and find that this is what i'm saying it goes to the conversation we had last week about the uh the, the some of the submission stuff and we're like dude the people who are struggling with this, where you're making – like, these are not serious people. No. You don't read the scriptures and right. come away with whatever misogynistic things yep. you're walking away with. These are people who who read this thing and reckon with it and go, I'm – boy, the responsibility of having people uh, 
be like I'm supposed to lead people should put something on you where you're like, oh crap, Ola. Right. Uh, like Lord, I need you to stir to me for whatever these responsibilities are. Same thing with pastors and teachers and blah blah blah. Not people who are going, ha ha, the world is mine. Right. Yeah. The <laughs> I'll people have that a are sandwich directly. The like, people that are just <laughs> totally floored by these kind of articles are cartoons. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and you and you might as well know that about yourself. Like if yes. you're <laughs> if you're Boris Change and Natasha, your ways. welcome. All right, finally, uh, number five, things that aren't sins, disagreeing with your pastor or other leader, which it feels like the first two. Uh, That's a a total sin. Yeah. (laughs) That didn't seem like a self-serving answer. (laughs) This this feels like a, uh, why why can't I think of the word? What's the Jewish way of speaking? One one prime, B prime. Chiastic? Yeah, it's a chiasm. The first two, uh, the first two go together. And then the middle one, just saying no, and or no, that was those were the last two. Those also go together. It's building and, and falling back out of it, yeah. Yeah, the middle one, thinking a negative thought. That was the key key Hebrew point. It's a keyism. Uh, anyway, the the Bereans of the Apostle Paul's day were considered of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Paul was self-confident enough in himself and in Christ to be unoffended by this practice, and the leaders in your church should be as well. If a lesson or lecture seems specious or unsound, the semi-annual good steward should tithe thusly sermons come to mind. This is like a real axe to grind fella here. Uh, then get out of that Bible and start reading. But, uh, oh, get out that Bible. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Much different. We all rightfully looked at each other like, get out of get that out of Bible, Bible and start reading. What <laughs> start is reading that something mean? different. <laughs> uh, Find Josephus. Better yet, make sure that you're reading scripture at home and on your own on a regular basis so that by holding to his teaching, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Very good. Fine. Yeah. Uh, grace, love, acceptance, and freedom are more than words or idle promises, unnecessary full colon. They are truths that can be experienced in our Christian walk. It could have been a so, comma. Is so what full I'm it needs a doctor's appointment. It could have been a comma. TikToks, here you come. <laughs> oh, Let's start taking them seriously. No, do not give Ben another outlet for people to agree with his ridiculousness. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, again, I think this fell into a little bit of what we talked about on the other one, disagreeing with your pastor or leader. Like, there is a, um, there's a sense of authority there but what what scriptures are calling you to is is basically don't set up a situation of which you can't hear anything from anybody else yeah that's the caution it's the same and it's the same conversation we've had around how you think about relationships with husband and wives you don't let the whole world have an opinion on you Uh, that's risky i don't trust the whole world but like are you willing to listen to a man who god says look i'm putting the responsibility on this guy his job is to otherwise represent true things that are coming from scripture are are you making sure that you don't walk in like so high and mighty that you're not willing to listen to somebody who God right. has given a responsibility right. to? And same thing, like uh, I, I may be able to tell the, the whole world to go away, but when my wife speaks, I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, and, and and same thing with the wife for the husband. And like it puts a situation where it builds in relationships that have self-prescribed humility in them uh, in case you need reminding. Because sometimes you are on defense mm-hmm. against the, the things that the rest of the world is talking about or how they're speaking about you. And stuff, and so it's okay to protect yourself, but like you, you can't be the king of the hill, man. It's a risk to you. Yep. And so I, that's that's the caution on that piece. Agreed. All right. Uh, here's I'm kind of curious, I guess. Five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. I don't know. Can you think of other ones where you're like sometimes Things that we sound like sins? We but talk really? about yes, talk about them as sins, but they're not really. Um, or or um, I, we've talked about this before. It's not even as a sin, but like I get I get cautious on people who have a weight 
on things that otherwise are good. But like, so you're reading, um, in fact, I was talking to someone recently and they had gone like 40 some days reading, reading the Bible daily. And then they missed a day. He's like, ah, oh, I got, you know, should I think of it as like starting over? Uh, it's Nathaniel. Like who was there? Like uh, yeah. who's on the show every once in a while? And Nathaniel was talking about it. And I'm like, boy, I just think that's sort of like, it's great to read the scriptures all like yeah, every day. Right. Great. Uh, and we we talked about in the past, like, it's a bit of a modern problem, though. Like, most people did not have personal copies of the scrolls. Yep, right. Uh, that's relatively, like, few, last few hundred years thing. And so uh, it, the, the the weight of it can't be, I do something that only Christians over the last few hundred years could even have possibly done, and and then have some level of God is disappointed in me. I look at it the same way I looked at the church attendance, like, I try to read the scriptures daily because I need to. I want to. It's good for me. Yep. Sometimes it's a vitamin. Sometimes I really – that I have to take, and I know I should. Sometimes it's because it's a salve and I really desperately want it. Either way, it should be happening most of the time. Um, I, but, like, I, I get uh, I get cautious that sometimes, like, oh, God's really mad because I couldn't keep up my Bible reading. I'm like, ah, I just – look look at it for the right – in the right ways. Yeah. It is a good habit, and you should totally do it. Um, but, but don't um, – don't over-index on God's the presumed God's reaction or irritation with you for something that He gave you as a gift. It's like if you gave your kid a Super Nintendo. I'm going to date myself. You give him a Super Nintendo. Uh, you gave him an Atari. And they, yeah, they, they didn't play Pong that they, one day. That's right. I, I was exactly. really upset about that. <laughs> as a dad, would I be like really mad? I gave you this thing. Really? I can't believe you neglected it today. Oh, the scriptures are better than that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to portray you as that. That no, was really fun for I me. I think that's fun. That's that's fun. All right, you're listening to Live from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us so far. All right, uh, so as an intro to uh, things that we thought— Yes. Things we thought that were in the Bible but but uh, didn't turn out to be. I'll give mine away. I, I mean, very clearly recall sitting in an apartment complex when I was 16 years old in in a mattress on the floor that I was sleeping on reading the scriptures. As a 16-year-old does. As a 16-year-old does. And for some reason, what I remember is somebody prayed and then God dropped a rock on somebody. <laughs> and as a 16-year-old, <laughs> I thought, that is righteous. <laughs> I love this. Somebody dropped, or the Lord dropped the a Lord, rock on somebody. Now, it turns out this did happen, but it wasn't the way that I remembered. It wasn't like a personal, it wasn't a personal like drop rock on Steve. He offended the world, uh-huh. but there there is there is scripture that talks about like a rock being dropped as part of an otherwise um, contextual battle or something. Yes, and a rock is dropped on something. Yep, groups of people, and uh, so I did not remember it correctly, and it is it stands out to me because I remember thinking at the time, could I do I have the strength to pray? For a rock to be dropped on someone, and who would it be? And so I'm like cycling through people. Do I have the strength to pray for a rock to be dropped on somebody? Listen, I'm not saying it's what right. An introspective question for a 16 year old to ask. <laughs> to I think to to uh, uh, Micah's earlier reference, like you you hear David pray, and again, if we're not approaching Scripture well, you're like, <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't yeah. realize this was on the table. Trample my enemies under your feet. Who Lord. shall be bashed upon a rock? That Leonard who harassed me earlier today. <laughs> Like, I don't know. You're going to get what's coming to you, Leonard. Right. This is why we have to learn to read the scriptures well. But, True. like, again, yes. I took the wrong thing, but it just stood out to me, and I thought, I don't ever remember reading this. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, so I missed it. I was, it was just wrong. Okay. Fair enough. Dan? Yeah, yeah. I I, I uh, had the impression that the, the only true good biblical family was a 
you know, a father and a mother and, and children. And it was mm-hmm. just stayed together forever. And it was perfect. You yeah. know, this, this perfect idea. And, and then I remember when, one year I was going through, you know, just the whole uh, patriarchy, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob <laughs> and all the different, and, 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 and trying to, Breaks pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, it's like the they all are half sisters and yes. brothers, and here That's go my ahead sister and have wife, my servant, and, and oh, and here you know, and, and I looked at that and thought, wow, God did a lot of good stuff through some really messed up, wow. uh-huh. dysfunctional family. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I don't know, just kind of like, okay, all right. So I divorced my wife. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I you can't know, do I mean, with it, this nuclear it, family it, any it longer. It gives you grace, like okay, life happens. You, you know, yes, life happens. right. Yep, and God can still use you even when when. Um, life happens and some real terrible things happen. And that is a story of all kinds of tragedy in there. Yeah. Uh, and poor choices. Um, yep. yep. And uh, yeah, that's a big one. That was, yeah, that, that was revolutionary for me though. Nice. Great one to learn. Booba. I got two. Okay. First one happened today. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said this earlier and I'm going to say it again. Uh, if you would have asked me this morning at 8 a.m. Hey, Booba. Were you willing to bet your firstborn child that the Lord electrocutes people? I would have been like, absolutely. Yes. I believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> because in Acts 5, as we all remember, Ananias and I, I say Sapphira, Sapphira, I'm not certain if it's right or not, but whatever. They essentially say, we're going to sell a plot of land. Uh, uh, we're going to hold back part of it. We're going to give it to the church. And then we're going to tell the church we didn't hold anything back. Yeah. And then Ananias just says that. Uh, I think it's Peter calls him out. And he just kind of like slumps and is dead. They're yes. coming to get your body, right? What? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like he, like it, I, I would have told you, I would have, I would have got it tattooed on me that it was literally a lightning bolt that came down and smote him. Maybe Peter had a. Cattle I don't know. Prod. I don't know what he did, but like if he had a cattle prod, it wasn't talked about in John. Yeah. But like, or in Acts, excuse me. But like, I swear on my life, they were electrocuted. And then Sephira walks in, and then Peter basically goes, "Yes, it was sold for this much, right?" And says the lie, and she affirms it and goes, "Yes, that was exactly how much." And then he goes, essentially, "The ones who carried your husband out will carry you now." And she yeah. just kind of slumps over and dies. Yep. Again, I could have sworn it was an electrocution. I thought the Lord sent down lightning bolts through the house. And it just killed them both. I don't know why I specifically thought it was lightning, but I, I would, I very specifically thought it was lightning, and not at all lightning. Not at all lightning. It's yeah. literally just like a, and then they fell over and died. <laughs> First time you read that, you probably were reading like uh, Iron Man. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, like, oh yeah, Storm's power showed up from yeah. the X Men. Like, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> this is what happens when you buy kids the action Bible. It's I had just, that Bible. I won't, yeah, I won't deny it. This is what I'm I saying. This is what I'm saying. The <laughs> second thing is, I was preparing for youth group a couple weeks ago, and. I, I was in Ephesians six uh, with the armor of God, and I would have I would have sold a kidney for it was the it was the sword of truth. <laughs> I was a hundred percent certain that it was the sword of truth, and and the <laughs> that was I'm like man, it's such a cool thing because like our weapon is truth. I like I planned a whole lesson around this that it was the sword of truth. Because I was like, I know Ephesians 6.20. Like, I know about the armor of God. I understand this stuff. I read, I listen to podcasts recently. I know what I'm talking about. And then I was like, I'm just going to go read it real quick <laughs> to make certain I'm on the right place. <laughs> nope. Belt of truth. Belt of truth. Belt of truth. Oops. And I was like, crap. This completely throws off all the anecdotes that I had, all the stories and all the cool connections I was having <laughs> were like, we don't even have a weapon to fight against the enemy if we don't have truth, blah, 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 blah. Because, <laughs> like, I swear, like, I, I built this up, and then I went and read it, and I'm like, I have to scrap everything I wrote down, because yeah. this is not true. It is the belt of truth. It is not the sword of truth. But I would have I would have fought you for that. Like, I would have uh-huh. put hands on you uh-huh. saying it was the sword of truth, and I was incorrect. That's wrong. Okay. 
No electrocutions, and it is the belt of truth. It's egregious. Not as cool to our new age kids, but still just as important because without the belt, you you don't carry a a sword. Yeah, yeah. And your modesty is presented to the world. Yeah, exactly. Although it might have been not talking about pants. It's more about keeping your your cloak together. Right, yep. Right on. Okay. Okay. All right, Micah, do you have any? Uh, It's trying to think. Uh, We kind of touched on the bigger one, like the more in-depth one that, you know, you're not Christians aren't supposed to be angry like you mm-hmm. know anger yeah. anger bad no no um, <laughs> you would like uh, me that I'm angry um one is that actually this is a fun one uh, when the wise men come to see baby Jesus uh, the nativity pictures them coming to the manger but if you read it it's actually they roll up to the house and yeah. it's like two yes so yeah. yeah. Not Every, a baby anymore. Everything is a lie. That we've not even ever a drummer believed. boy there. Yeah, There's no, no drummer boy. No drummers. Most, what even is frankincense? Yeah. So that was shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like Act- the manger's in the house. The manger's in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there are so many Bible stories that as an adult, you read them, and, and you know what you learned in Sunday school was the you know Sunday school version with yeah. the flannel graph and happiness, and you know <laughs> let's not talk about cutting babies in half and stuff. <laughs> and uh, the baby. <laughs> yeah, you grew up and you go, wait a minute, there's a lot more to this story. Right. Yes, the, right. There's, there's some Specifically other Jonah. Yeah. There's a lot more after he gets spit out of the whale. <laughs> the majority of his story is after he gets spit out of the whale. And Tell, it gets really rough for him. <laughs> Tell like, me about this pile of foreskins. I mean, what's that all about? Like, <laughs> we didn't get that. Make a necklace out of him, David. <laughs> or like the Noah's Ark, you know, like all the kid, but my daughter's four. So we, you know, we got the kid Bible and stuff yeah. and all the happy little pairs of animals. Yeah. And we just minimize like all the let me in. Put those scratching marks on the outside. Please, like, this is kind of a horror oh, people story, dying. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yep, it sure is. Everyone is dying. Oh, gosh, oh, that's so, funny. Yeah, and the, and the like a good you know eighty five donkeys who are like, what about me though? Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> I was number three. We're full up. We don't need your genetic material any longer. <laughs> all right. Okay. Oh. So. All right, so we got we covered uh, the things that were so, so. I'm interested if you want to hit up the chat uh, here on the YouTube or on the live from the Path Complete Line, uh, the Bob Eisenhower live from the Path Complete Line five one five five one seven zero zero eight five call or text. Uh, also, I think we're out of voting season, but I just just do me a favor every time you see it come up uh, and they're taking those uh, who's the best realtor in the lands. I want you to vote for Bobby. Yeah, Bob Eisenhower. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I bought eleven houses from him. Yes, you've not bought any houses. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I did. Valid point. I did lie there. I'm so sorry. We talked about the truth earlier. I did. I did legitimately buy a house from him, and so I feel good about that because, like, he sponsored the show for a number of years, of which no one had actually used him as a realtor. Uh, but he was a really good dude, and so anyway, I it still I, is. He's he remain. I don't know about that. I haven't seen him in a while. Bob, <laughs> we need to connect. <laughs> uh, your treat five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. Uh, do you want me? Do we want to talk about the John thing, or do you want to go into Dear Life of the Past, depending uh, on our time? What are we doing on time? Oh shoot! Yeah, the 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 date the Terry's. Okay, let's hold let's hold John's representation of Judas for uh next week. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Dear Life from the Path. After my husband's younger brother recently passed away, the family gathered. When one group of nephews arrived in a city an hour away from us, we were invited to lunch. The restaurant was where the nephews had first been introduced to beer by their now-deceased uncle. Mm. My husband didn't want to go, saying it was silly to drive that far for one meal. I convinced him to go, to celebrate family ties and spend time with these nephews we seldom see. When we arrived, one of the nephews had arranged for his friend, a realtor, ooh, 
Ooh. Eisenhower, was this you? A realtor who works with an estate sale agent to attend the luncheon. This friend delivered a sales pitch to my husband, who is the administrator <laughs> of his late brother's estate. I was offended. I didn't think the, think the time or the place was appropriate. I felt the sales pitch was an intrusion. My husband is more forgiving. He sees nothing wrong with someone seizing an opportunity when it presents itself. If it were up to me, I'd exclude that, exclude that realtor from consideration because of his insensitivity. However, my husband is considering using this agent because his youth and aggressiveness may be an advantage in selling. Of course, it's my husband's decision, and I'll bow to whatever he decides. But now I'm wondering, am I wrong to be upset because these relatives invited this person into what was going to be our family time? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't blame the guy. I mean, that's his job. Uh, I wouldn't want to want that job. It seems like a real rough thing <laughs> to be sale involved with. But, I mean, but people do legitimately need help in that situation. I yeah. would, the family members, however, uh, I, would, uh, I would certainly have a uh, stiff talking to. So you yeah. think talk to the nephews, but maybe still consider the realtor? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's good at what he does. Do you want it done or don't you? Was well, that fair? I mean, you kind of assume that you give them the benefit of a doubt that hopefully they really had their best interest in mind of, of, of the family. That, that like, this right. guy's really good. Uh, this is an opportunity for you to meet him. Uh, it, is, it is pretty tacky timing. I, I would agree. I mean, it'd be like... I wouldn't. I wouldn't have an ear for it. I'd be like, nope. I wouldn't His, either. Like, but, yeah. so, so, like, if you're the nephews, like, I totally get going. Hey, uh, I know a guy over there. Um, he can come and talk to you if you're interested. I, like, I just didn't know if this was a good. Like, can right. I t- be say whether it's a good time? That's where the yeah. nephew should have done. I'd say they call me in a month. Yeah, you know, yeah. nothing's happening too quick here. It's kind of weird for this ambush luncheon. Yeah, with this uh, uh, real estate or realtor person. But again, like I, I, I kind of feel bad for the guy. He probably, he's probably used to being in situations like this. But like, if I got invited to go do some sort of presentation, and the key guy who needed to be influenced did not know I was coming, and it's a potentially sensitive situation, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty irritated, right? At the dude who invited me in there, like, why you put me in this position for, man? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm not talking to those nephews yeah. anymore. Schmucks. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, is it? I think it's okay. Yeah, I think uh, I'd be generous with the realtor dude if he's good at what he does, uh, and you you need him to accomplish something. Then I use the, I mean bygones, man. You've already you've already passed the hard part, right? Uh, and then it's probably just uh, I wouldn't even be so mad about it. To Dan's point, I mean they probably thought they were doing something helpful. They yeah. just hadn't considered yeah. necessarily what the other what the other dude the husband might be feeling, and so maybe just reach out to him and say, hey, just think about this next time or in similar situations. Uh, it's worth knowing yeah. that this was probably a little bit odd. Because they're, they're cousins, right? So yeah, the further right. you are away from the person, the less you get the pain, the close ones. Yeah. I mean, right. you're not feeling it. Right. And the more you're actually trying to help in what feels like practical ways, yeah. even if people aren't ready yet ready for practical ways. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you're just blind to the, to the fact yeah. that their world's upside down right now. Yeah. Right. That's like, and actually, that's a really good reminder, too. Like, sometimes people... You people want to help, they don't know how to help, and they're not close enough to feel the same emotions that you're feeling. And so it's possible that their ways of offering to help may feel either shallow, again, crass. I don't know. There's a, a bunch of ways in which it might not come off right, but like just it's and it's hard to be gracious with other people when you're going through something. But just mm-hmm. like recognize that people oftentimes are trying their best. They just yeah. Their best is not up to the task, and they don't know yeah. the difference. Right. <laughs> That's why they say dumb things too. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think, I'll oh, say great. something helpful here. It's like, you know, it's like your intention no. was. Oh, to you be can helpful, have another but... child. It's like, come on, right? You know, it's like mm-hmm. tragedy happens, but like there's some practical things that have to happen after that kind of tragedy. Like you get in a car accident, somebody's got to sweep up the street 
of part of your car that just like blew up and is all over the place. And of course, there's like there's a sadness to somebody may have been hurt in that accident. Yeah. But it's still Joe's job to like sweep up the glass that's on the highway. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to. There's a, there's a perspective of like there's there's practicality in tragedy, but like there's a level of like eh, maybe some distance between these things need to happen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Secular says. I agree it may have been insensitive to turn an occasion when the tears were still wet into a business meeting. However, what's done is done, and I hope your upset has dissipated. The responsibility for settling his brother's estate now falls to your husband. If he feels that insensitive and aggressive, excuse me, if he feels that insensitive and aggressive is the way to go, leave the decision to him and stay out of the line of fire. Okay, that's an unfair characterization. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) It's like a... Your, your husband, who apparently has no concept of emotion, <laughs> yeah. like, that, that seems unfair yeah, here. Just because he's like, well, it's practical. It makes sense. Let's just get it done. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can appreciate an aggressive sales pitch, and I don't care about my brother. You're right. <laughs> right. <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do one more advice, and then we're going to finish the night. Uh, are, you still, are you still feeling okay? Uh Maybe save that. Maybe one. wait on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll so here's it. what we're gonna do. We're gonna do. We have two more advices. I can. I can make it happen. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna do two more advices, and then we're gonna have a mystery tune of which uh, I see what he's done here. Uh, Empty Smith has put us in the position where we have to invite him back on. He, what he doesn't know is I was gonna do it anyway. Because uh, you know, when you find good folk, you gotta have, rescue the show. Double down. Baby. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's the smoothest thing that's happened. That it's is, uh, definitely not come from you. Yes. What? Um, what do you mean? That hurt me. Dear, what you said. Hey, he likes the enclave here. Dear, laugh in the pain. I feel like, uh, like I lost a few inches in my height by how you spoke with me. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> Sorry about that. Dear, laugh in the path. How do you deal with a jealous adult sibling? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we're not brothers, but like, I, I this is about you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't hide it very well. <laughs> But he's really happy. He looks like a young Clint Howard. <laughs> How do I deal with it? <laughs> How do you deal with a jealous adult sibling? My sibling has never spoken of this to me. However, my sibling's partner made it clear they felt I was favored over my sibling by our parents. I discussed it with our mother. Uh, she told me they have helped dig my sibling out of the hole many times. My sibling has since passed away. But years later, my in-law mentioned again to me how I'm the favorite with details. I didn't respond and just let the person talk about their feelings. I'm not sure what they want from me. Whether their statement is true or not, I don't think my in-law should be speaking to me about it. Of course, they would never say anything to my parents. If this person brings this topic up again, how should I respond? Well, wait, the sibling's dead, right? right? Yes, the sibling's dead. Who cares? Dead. Take it. Enjoy it. Dan says... I'm number one. <laughs> Take the win, brother. I'm a survivor. <laughs> He's not going to give up. He's not going to stop. I, I don't you ever quote Destiny's Child you to go me work again. Harder. <laughs> I hate this so much. Oh gosh! Wait, what a weird. <laughs> this seems like a weird set of situations, right? Like, I like might be the favorite. Guilt. I don't believe I'm the favorite. My parents have never uh, uh, said that this is true, but my sibling is dead, and my in law keeps bringing up that you're obviously the favorite. What do I do? What do we? Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, what? Why is this even coming up? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Your deceased sibling. Like, you were the favorite over them. Why right. are we saying this I'm right now? I'm imagining my sister-in-law saying this to me in 30 years, and, like, how would I handle it? I'd just go, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks so much. I've always thought myself the favorite as yeah. well. Exactly. I thought to myself, good tree, good fruit. I like Many me. times. Yes, right. 
<laughs> Have you seen my brother? Okay. Of course I'm the favorite. So so we essentially say, do nothing? Like, just take it? Let it go. Let it go. I mean, I wouldn't encourage... I'm, like, I'd figure a way to maybe discourage the conversation. Like, there's no reason to indulge in it. I mean, you don't have yeah, to embarrass why? somebody. They're... Like, <laughs> lean into it. Yeah, like, tell me, tell me more about my eyes. You're absolutely right. Um, Christopher was more the worst. details. You married the wrong sibling. But this, it's unnecessary disparagement of the dead. Like, right. I, I guess yes. I just don't even know why. To what value we're even talking about? Yeah, it. this yeah. is so far from a realm of anything anybody should care yeah. about. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. You, you know you were always the favorite. Well, thank you. I, I miss my brother deeply. Just, I mean, just you know, again, you don't have to embarrass them because they're probably not yeah. trying. They're not trying to be embarrassing. You yeah. should, but like, just you could say, pivot it. Yeah, you should accost them and say, "Say five nice things about my sibling." Yeah, that's what you should do. My brother was all right too. <laughs> <laughs> we both had our strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Second. I dissuade it. Yeah. I don't know, my, Michael. We you, any other thoughts here? You think just kind of divert? Just soak it up, baby. Take, well, he says take it in. <laughs> Don't be an idiot about. and soak it up. <laughs> Don't be an idiot. Be that favorite living child. <laughs> you know, I got a coat of many child. colors. <laughs> I had dreams where I dominated all of you. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason in my dream, I was just the tallest cornstalk, yeah. and all of you were just snapped in half, and I don't know why. <laughs> Sheaves that were bending down. Sheaves don't normally bend down, but in present, my but awesome in presence. presence. In my sure presence, do. they sure did. <laughs> they sure did, everyone. What's that? You're selling me? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Why did you put me in this pit, though? <laughs> Didn't you Don't hear touch my, my coat, man. That's from Dad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Secular says, uh, tell your late sibling's partner you are tired of hearing it. And if they have a complaint to air, it should be made with your parents. If your sibling was irresponsible with money, the fault is not your own. You have nothing to feel guilty about, though it appears this in-law is trying to make you feel that did way. Did I miss the detail about the irresponsible with money? Maybe. I think they said well, that the parents bailed, bailed them out, out a couple times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why is it? Yeah. Now, okay. That is a separate question of which I, maybe you're not, wouldn't be in the position to address, but like, are, are they struggling to deal with the death of your sibling, of their spouse? Um, like, because their marriage wasn't healthy and this is their way of kind of like, yeah. Yeah, saying yeah. something, we're, we're, there's something else maybe going on that they yep. need to work through that they're, they're not doing fair. so. Um, it's, it's the spouse who's jealous. I was, I was interpreting that as the, the dead brother was jealous when he was alive. And it's like, well, he's not alive. Yeah. It feels right. like the spouse. So was, it should have shut down by now. Yeah. Right. Either. Yeah. yeah. Either the spouse was jealous because they thought the parents were showing favoritism or th th there's something unhealthy about their marriage. And like they, they, they don't have an outlet to otherwise disparage this dead person because like yeah. it, 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 it's rough because when someone dies, Everyone says the glowing thing, but when you're in a relationship with them and something about that is not healthy, mm -hmm. there are very few outlets actually for you to right. be able to say, you know what? I, that person was not a great person to right. me. Right. Nobody goes to the funeral and goes, you're all liars. Uh, yeah. That's just relation. Oh, I'm very sorry for your loss. I didn't lose much. This guy was terrible. <laughs> right. He was a schmuck. And so it's actually, it's, it's a very, um, it's very difficult because now you're, you are actively suppressing something because like, it's a very harsh thing to speak ill of the dead, but the, like. The, a living person like hosed you or something, and so it very well could be that like that there wasn't something healthy about the relationship, and like there's no outlet for it, and so maybe they're just they get something out of right. mentioning there's a like, gratification there, like you were yeah you were the favorite, yep you really were though, <laughs> okay all right one more yeah one more, dear live from the path yes, for years we have given generous gifts to our six out of town grandchildren and received almost no thanks or acknowledgement. 
It hurts my feelings because I devote a lot of thought, in addition to money, to choosing something special for each of them. Obviously, sorry, kicking me out. Obviously, they don't care. But when we have just sent checks, not knowing what they read, or read, wear, or want, our checks are always cashed. It's the same with gift cards. This year, we will send uh, gifts to their parents, our own children, period. The grandchildren receive your letters booklet, including the section on writing thank you notes. Please send me six before the end of November. What? That is a cold grandma right there. Grandchildren receive your letters booklet, including the section on writing thank you notes. How old are these Please kids? send me six before the end of November. Oh, gosh. I, it, it seems out-of-town adult grandchildren is what makes me think of it, but I might be wrong on that. I mean, do they know you very well? I, I, think, I think they're yeah. I think they're kids. Doesn't it sound like yeah? You think these are children? Like, oh, that's even worse. That's what I would for the grandparent. Yeah, that's, that's like could be, calm just, down. They're kids. Assumed. Yeah, yeah. Most kids don't say please and thank you at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I guess I would um I, a couple of things. It'd be it'd be nice. Um, I, I guess are you interacting with these kids at all? I would never. I wouldn't. I actually don't even expect my kids, my own kids, to say thank you. Like I'm with these people all the time. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, out of town grandchildren. <laughs> may, I, yeah, I, I don't I care mean, if I get a thank you note. I yeah, mean, I think it's weird when I do get a thank you yeah. card from someone. I was like, really? You waste all. I thought it was weird when I got a present from <laughs> my like, out of town grandparents. I never expected anything from that. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Thanks would say, for the book. Yeah. So maybe maybe a couple of things. One. Like, you really should rethink your attitude for this. Are you giving gifts because you want to be a gift giver? Or are you giving gifts and you're trading them for thank yous? Because if you're trading for thank yous, I can recognize why you're disappointed. But, like, what, that's probably not a, a good bargain. Your exchange sucks. <laughs> if you want to be a gift giver, you looks like you're succeeding. They're, canc- they're uh, cashing the checks. They're yeah. spending the gift cards. Like, you are bringing people joy by uh giving to them and they obviously are using it and so if that is not enough for you I, you might need to rethink your attitude especially with your grandkids uh i mean if you're worried that the kids aren't being raised right i would be cautious on uh using this as the indicator uh it's a little bit tertiary it's peripheral to write a to, to get thank you cards um i mean i some people are really good at this like it's built in them then they love it and they're and they're awesome at it uh i'm not I don't know that actually I know very many people who are, and I'm always – I am pleasantly surprised. Someone's like, oh, thank you, Bob. and for innocuous things, like thanks for having us over for dinner. Oh, well, that was nice. It has never motivated me to do it personally. <laughs> like I just – I don't know. It's it's in people's personality. But like I think um, – yeah, I think you just need to change your attitude here. Just change your attitude. And, and I, part of me when you were talking, I thought, oh, I don't know. Maybe she talks to the parents. But like no, don't do that either. You don't need to talk to anybody. Give gifts because you like to be a good give gift giver. Okay. All right. Uh, this is a long one from Secular, so I got I to gotta figure out where to truncate. But uh, Secular says, the issue you have raised is one I hear about often from other ticked-off readers each year. I'm sorry you didn't mention how old your grandchildren are because the fault may lie with their parents, who should have taught their children this social skill from the time they were old enough to hold a writing implement. Some people procrastinate because they don't know how to express their feelings via the written word and fear they will say the wrong thing. They mistakenly think a thank you note must be a long and flowery, uh, in fact, when in fact short and to the point is most effective. Then they go into giving all the reasons why you should order the How to Write Letters booklet and then give you all the information on how to do it, the postage that needs to be sent, and how much money you should send to buy said book of how to write letters. 
With the holiday season fast approaching, this is the perfect time to reply with a handwritten letter, note, or well-written email. Although handwritten notes are the gold standard, many folks these days opt to take a shortcut by using technology that didn't exist before the quill and inkwell. While texts may seem cold or terse, they are better than no acknowledgement at all. So here's why they should have written a letter. Here's how they can write a letter. Here's an instruction manual on how to write a letter. But in the event that you're only getting a text, deal with what you get. I don't. They went through it way too fast. I, I just. How was it that I write this letter again? Well, she just. You could, she could send a book. Yeah. Right. I think she could send a link, and then it's free. When was the last handwritten thank you note any of you've written? Oh, uh, recently. My wedding. I actually did it recently. Don't try and seem cool. I know I did. That's fair. I did. Oh, oh! If it's a long time, then it's righteous. Yeah. If it's recently, <laughs> in it's any a situation, you are incorrect here. This you wrote, you did a handwritten thank you note recently. Okay, yes, I did. Really? I did. Yeah. What was the? It, can it, what was the situation? Um, it was around. Um, uh, was it just? I, I, it was meaningful. Was, apparently, one of the kids. I don't like. It was somebody close to me. Where like huh. and it was, but it was innocuous. It was like one of the things, like a like a note of encouragement um, oh, cool. okay. and a thank you for whatever, just like normal things. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Right. I oh. Go ahead. I, I was. I remember hearing once one of the presidents. I don't know if it was Reagan or Bush or one of the guys, Nixon, whatever. Somebody. Uh, they were saying you used to write handwritten notes to people all the time. Oh, yeah. And they were talking about how powerful that was. And I thought I'm going to do that. Yeah. So it was like maybe in the 80s. I bought a couple boxes of really cool. Blank note cards. I was going to write everybody in the church just like once a month. I still have those two. Boxes. I was about to ask if you still have the boxes. <laughs> I, I think Every I can year find he pulls them. Pulls them out and goes, "This is the year. This is it. This is it." Yeah, I mean, they're this old. The year I get they're to be crumble like old. if I open the box up. Tricky Nixon. <laughs> I had great intentions. I love that. I do now. I do think, uh, th- despite my own uh, shortcomings and most people's, like there, there is something very powerful yeah, about agreed. taking time to write something and say thank you, even if it's small. I get tied up because like. Um, uh, I, I'm actually I'm pretty good at like long form stuff, but like short, very relational things. I'm off. Like I can't think of anything to say. Mm-hmm. I feel, but my like my wife is great at this. My kids are most of them are also great at this. But I stare at a piece of paper forever. Like what do I mean? Well, thanks for oh shoot, what do I say? Like it's very difficult for me to do, but there is something very powerful to do it. So I would encourage it. Actually, I think it's great to teach your kids that. I think it would be awesome if they responded to Grandma and say, "Hey, just we love it that you send us this stuff. We really appreciate that you think of us. Here's what we did with your gift card. Yeah, right. As a service to Grandma, not because you have to, but yeah. because you know it would she would enjoy it to be able to see what joy she brought to you. And so, like that, that's a great thing to be able to do. But um, I just otherwise you can let go of the hammer. My grandmother and I have a relatively tense like relationship, and I, we're not getting into that. But like, I still make certain that if she ever sends me money or a card or anything, I'll call her or text her. Like, I know, because I know it means the friggin' world to her. Like, it just flat out does. Yeah. And I hate it. Like, I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I, I struggle to have nice things to say. And it's a, really a thing between me and Jesus that I need to figure out. <laughs> but, like, I, I know it just, it makes her whole year when she sees mm-hmm. a text from me that says, hey, Grandma, thanks so much for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Just agreed. Yeah. All right. Hey, you're listening to Live from the Bath. Thanks for hanging out with us this evening. We really do appreciate it. A big thanks to Empty Smith for coming in. Uh, performing. Make sure you check out the single. Uh, it is "Are You There?" and you can find it again on all the the socials. I'm a promoter on my uh, TikTok channel. Bova, take that. Post number three. I'm not doing any of that, but I did put the song in in one of my cues. Okay, awesome. Hey, you want to throw that on the Life from the Path uh, Facebook? If 
I can figure out how to get on it. Yet. I'll do it. I'll do it. Never mind. I'll, I'll take care of it. I forgot. Um, okay, I'll take. Uh, we'll get that out there so that you can. I want you to listen to it. I want you to share it. I want you to keep it for those moments that you really need it. Uh, God's um, has uh, used uh, Micah's situation to otherwise produce something that you can also um, draw you back to Him um, in those moments when you need it. So um, that's a real blessing. And so uh, again, make sure you hook up with uh, with Empty Smith on all those channels. Uh, and uh, we'll be back. I don't know the the stuff gets dicey towards the end of the year with the show but I think we're back next week we'll see how it goes in the meantime be faithful in the means God will handle the end you've been listening to Live from the Pack